This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15 to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker, like a torpedo. He came flying into the backfield, going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and three-time Pro Bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Well, between the three of us, yes, we have three Pro Bowl appearances amongst us here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. And today, gentlemen, is the day that I look forward to uh, training camp. I'm not sure, Kyle, how the players appreciate the first padded practice, but one week in, day seven of Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. Yes, the first padded practice. And there was some hitting, maybe not as much as when you played, playing two days a week or practicing two days a week I should say and probably a little more physical but it was good to see and hear some pads popping yeah it's just not football without the pads um I, I'm sure the players love it I mean I didn't sleep a wink the night before the first uh full padded practice and uh yeah it, it's different you know um as as a fan as kind of an old school guy um, you know, you didn't see that big hit today. You didn't see anybody get lit up. Um, you didn't see any fights, which um, usually the first day of pads, there's a, a, a few scuffles. Um, but I'm sure the coaches are happy with this practice. They walk away. They got some good work. Um, there was uh, a little of everything today. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of good work. We got some contact. And, and from, you know, my vantage point, um, no new injury. So, uh, you know, it's a good productive day. Got a lot of things accomplished and, and you walk away healthy. I'll say this. I mean, it, it's the first day in pads, so you never want to, you know, obviously guys are excited, but they did a lot of nine on seven. They did 11 on 11. Then they did individual drills like pass rushing drills against the, the linemen. So, um, again, Rome wasn't built overnight and, and it's the thing that they're going to have to work up to. But, I, you know, for the first day, I thought it went okay. I'm sure they'll go back and look at the film. But the fact is that uh, this one thing I've noticed since camp started, this team likes to compete. You could see all the drills they're doing, Kyle. And when it comes to these guys uh, running to each drill, I think they got a good tempo in practice. And that's where you kind of build this groundwork and foundation moving into the season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's impressive um, how quickly they go from drill to drill. And there's um, you know, I don't know how long they were out there, maybe two hours, but there's almost no leg time in practice. It's just one drill to the next, and there's no standing around, no wasted time. And, and as a player, you appreciate that. When you're on the field, you want to go, and you want to get your work done, and you want to be efficient, and then you want to get off the field. And, um, you know, that's that's the type of practice it was. It was obviously planned out well. It was executed well. And like I said, I'm, I'm sure the coaches are happy with the work. It's an opportunity to evaluate. Um, you know, an amazing thing, uh, you know, it changes at every level, but especially at the NFL level. Um, you know, practices without pads are almost the same a lot of times as practices with pads, with your technique and hand placement and, and things like that. There's not a big difference, but there's little things. And, and there's things you can get um, off of 
um, you know, padded practice that you can't with any other type of practice. And then, and I'm sure the coaches are probably, and they're right now breaking down this film, um, you know, dissecting um, just the little things that, that pads bring into practice. You know, I, I think when you get to OTAs and mandatory uh, minicamp, it's really for the skill position players. Yeah. Here, when you put the pads on, it's really how, how de- uh, much depth do you have on the offensive defensive line. That's where you can see guys making some jumps. And, you know, Rodney Hudson, the first couple of days he's out there and, you know, looks a little rusty at times. And, you know, that's something that, you know, work on. But he's getting a ton of reps, and I'm glad that – because on paper right now we could have – they could have two new starters at center and right guard. But I, I think when you get in training camp, it's more about the big guys. Uh, the guys are going to play in the trenches where I think skill position players excel in the offseason workouts. Well, there is a new big guy on the roster. Defensive lineman Corey Peters is back with the Cardinals. Signed yesterday, so welcome back, Corey Peters. He was watching practice and not yet involved. There is that five-day run-up as he gets back into shape following a torn ACL that cost him a lot of last season. I think this team really missed him, especially as far as the run defense. The other reason I'm excited, Kyle, to see Peters back is what he means for this team in that locker room. Another one of those vets, a leader in that locker room, doesn't speak a lot, but when he does have something to say, you pay attention and listen. Right, and it's not just leadership from words, it's how he goes about his business and, and the type of pro he is. And, um, you know, of all the things uh, – this roster, all the upgrades to this roster in the offseason, it's not just the talent, it is just the leadership. And you can't have too many leaders in a locker room. And, you know, this team at times last year looked like one of the best teams in the NFL, and then at other times they look like they could barely function. And that's that's locker room stuff, that's leadership stuff, and that's focus. And, you know, a guy like Corey Peters is, is the type of player that's been through those ups and been through those downs, and he can – he can help prevent this team from going through those lags at certain points in the season. Yeah, Zach Allen's talking to me. He calls Corey Peters one of his favorite teammates ever, and the locker room loves him. They're excited to be having him back. And, again, for Corey Peters, you know, clearly he's cleared. I would think that, you know, I don't know how much we're going to see him over the next week or so, but really target September 12th. I mean, that's that's really, the, you know, he doesn't really – play a ton in the preseason obviously you want to knock off some of the rust but according to Kingsbury when they worked him out he looked in shape uh, he was out there doing some gassers this morning um, so status quo moving forward but I, I think when you look at the leadership in that locker room and you know you got Jordan Phillips um, and then you got J.J. Watt but you know when it comes to Lucky Foe too and, and Richard Lawrence and Xavier Williams Corey's like a sounding board he's, he's not going to call you out but if you need a you know help or just put your arm around you so you can never have enough great leaders and he's kind of a silent leader kind of like E.F. Hutton when he talks you better listen yeah there are a number of those players that the Cardinals added this offseason that had that leadership gene if you will former team captains and we'll see who are the captains for this year's team but what happened last year, the finish to last year, finishing two and five in particular, the losses to the 49ers and to the Rams, those two in particular still, I think, on the minds of a lot of those players, something DeAndre Hopkins spoke about yesterday. This hung over our head a lot, especially Kyler, you know, not, not being able to really finish how he wants to. I think that, uh, you know, we start with our quarterback, so I think for him it's, it's still in his mouth, and you can tell uh, by, by how he's demanding everyone to be great. Uh, and really not taking anything out there but that. So, uh, you know, I think it, it starts with Collar, and he's doing a good job with that. 
DeAndre Hopkins focusing on the quarterback, and I think, MJ, when you talk about the leader, I mean, again, not a vocal guy, Kyler Murray, but someone that's because of the position is going to command that leadership. The eyes are going to be on him. And Kyler's maintained they got to do the little things. We, you know, we always talk about the stall drives and, and the, the false start penalties, but, you know, i got to give Hop a lot of credit because, you know, Technically, he's under contract, but he was there for the OTAs. He was there for the mandatory mini camp. He's been practicing here. Um, obviously, when you get to the season, you got to make sure how you you manage his hours because we know he shows up on game day. But I I really think Sean Jefferson, the new wide receivers coach, um, you know Kyle has a relationship with him. And again, you got to treat everybody a little bit different. But I can see there's some conversation going on there where Hopkins is practicing. Well, you brought up, MJ, the little things. Before, Kyle, we get your thoughts. Let's hear from Kyler Murray talking about those little things that he addressed first in the offseason and is continuing here in training camp. A lot of growth. Uh, I, I would say the biggest thing is just him communicating with us outside of football and uh, just trying to get to know his, his teammates. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins likes what he's hearing from Kyler Murray in the huddle. But uh, the little things that we touch on here, and it's the penalties, the stall drives, not hurting yourself, Kyle. And that's what this team did, especially late in the season, why that 2-5 and five finish made them 8-8 eight and eight and on the outside looking in when it came to the postseason. Yeah, those are the things um, th- that make all the difference, right? It's, it's the, it is the false starts. It's the dead ball penalties. And those are the things that um, – really reared their ugly head late in the season and you know speaking specifically about Kyler um, you know you could say as much as you want about his arm strength um, about his legs uh, about his pure talent I, I can promise you there's not a player on this roster that hates losing more than Kyler Murray and you know I, I'm sure he could not wait when the season was over to get back to work he couldn't wait to evaluate what little things he could do you know he's not a uh, point at everybody else saying you guys didn't hold up your end or um, call somebody else out for not doing their job he takes it personally when he feels like he could have done more to help this team win games and you know that's that's the kind of guy you rally behind because you know how invested he is and how much it means to him and how much he how much he is going to work to make those little improvements to help this team take that next step now the cardinals uh, went out and hired a uh, a former player who obviously has won a couple of Super Bowls, his sons with the Rams, and Sean Jefferson. Mm-hmm. You have a relationship with Sean. What does it mean to have a guy like that working with Hopkins daily? Well, I could tell you this, and, and I don't—I mean, he's—you um, know—a lot of fans probably don't remember him or remember the type of player he was. He was a dog. I mean, he was as tough as they come at the wide receiver position, and that's exactly how he coaches. Um, he coaches his players hard. Um, he has high expectations for them, and he will get the most out of out of all of the receivers. And, um, you know, I was with him in Detroit, and he was not afraid to um, get after Calvin Johnson, who, you know, was one of, you know, he's going into the Hall of Fame this year, um, and he made him a better receiver. And um, Calvin Johnson would probably be in the Hall of Fame with or without Sean Jefferson, but Sean Jefferson didn't care who you were, didn't care what your resume looked like. Um, He was going to step in, and he was going to help you become a better player and give all you could on the football field. Now those receivers getting footballs thrown from Kyler Murray, who again, touching on the little things and that sense of urgency here that has already started in training camp. It's it's a matter of sense of urgency, you know, as far as top down, like no nonsense stuff, you know, uh, cracking down on whatever it is, you know. Um, And I think, you know, we can definitely tell that um, there's more of that, so – um, I'm happy about it, and I, I think, you know, the good ones, the great ones, um, 
attention to detail is, is very, you know, is key. Now, when when they had their team meeting, of course, Michael Bidwell spoke and, and Cliff Kingsbury, and I don't know if Steve Kime spoke, but it was very clear that, yes, we want to move on, but we got to know what we went through last year. And so some of those guys aren't on the roster, but they understand the situation, but they want to put that behind them. But I think you still have to have that, you know, we could have been a better team. I thought that the front office put together a 10-win team last year. A couple of plays here and there, they should have made the playoffs. But I just like where they're at now, and there's more accountability across the board uh, when it comes to doing the right job. Yeah, we're hearing that word accountability a lot more here in training camp. And going back to the players acquired in free agency, eight of the nine players, team captains and either the NFL or college level. And speaking of leadership, Buda Baker on the Pash podcast, which is – going to debut august 11th and dave pash the voice of the arizona cardinals had a had a chance to sit down with the cardinals starting safety buda baker making it very very clear what he expects in that locker room we're very average these last four years and i don't want to be average anymore i'm done with being average so when i see things that are average on the field i'm going to be talking to you about it everybody just being held accountable of things and just let guys know we're brothers at the end of the day, but if you mess up something, I'm going to get on you about it. Just like if I mess up something, you should get on me about it because at the end of the day, everybody wants to be at the top. Yeah, everyone has a goal, Kyle, and it doesn't matter. I mean, yes, you need to have skin in the game as far as a resume to be able to be a speaker in that locker room in which people respect, but Buda Baker, I think you're going to hear a lot more from him. He's going to be a much louder voice in that locker room this year. Yeah, and he's earned it. He's earned it with his play. Um, you know, some players, uh, I, we used to call them front runners. When stuff was going good, they're out in front and they're talking to the media. And then stuff goes bad and they just kind of disappear and, and fade into the background. Um, but, you know, Buda's taking this opportunity to make the change now, not – when the season starts, not when you go on a two-game losing streak, you fix these things now and you establish what type of team you want to be now. And, and to his point, um, in practice sometimes, especially in training camp, where you're in kind of the dog days and every it's like Groundhog Day, everything's the same, good enough isn't good enough. Like These are professional athletes and you have to lay it on the line every day. Um, you can't just... Um, you know, kind of roll your helmet out on the field during practice and expect to be a great team when the season rolls around. And, and that's the type of team that Buddha envisions this team being, and he's not going to let anything else slide. Yeah, nothing against Chandler Jones or some of the, uh, you know, inside linebackers with Simmons and Collins. He's the face of this defense. I mean, he's under contract. He's one of the top safeties in football. And, you know, there was a point last year when practice wasn't going well and him and, and Kyler Murray kind of, let everyone know this is unacceptable. So I think he's going to have a vocal uh, presence in that locker room and on the field, but I do think he's the face of the defense. By the way, the Dave Pash podcast coming soon to your preferred podcast provider. The trailer is available right now. Get the latest updates via Twitter at Posh Pass. Excuse me, at Pash Pod. Easy for me to say there. <laughs> As we continue here from State Farm Stadium, Cardinals training camp powered by Cox, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Kyle Vandenbosch. Marco Wilson, one of the new faces of the Arizona Cardinals, joins us next. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. and 36th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Marco Wilson, cornerback, Florida. 
smart player too, and that's what they value. Rondell Moore graduated Purdue in two and a half years, and uh, Zayvon Collins was a high school valedictorian. Marco Wilson, aptitude test off the charts, smart player with the, of course, athletic ability. Yeah, he should be known for more than throwing the shoe against LSU. He's a good player, trained by his father, who was a college defensive back. His brother, Quincy Wilson, also in the NFL. Good bloodlines, good intellect. It was necessary to be aggressive and go and get him. Those are the words of General Manager Steve Keim on draft day when the Cardinals went up and selected Marco Wilson in the fourth round, the 136th overall selection. And Marco Wilson joins us here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports following the first padded practice. Marco, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Doing very, very well. Well, they say timing is everything. And full disclosure, this interview was scheduled or set up, I should say, yesterday. But today at practice, perhaps the play of practice, let's set it up, Marco, 11 on 11, first team offense, Kyler Murray under center, you're split out wide, covering Andy, Andy Isabella on the left side of the formation. Take us from there. Uh, it was just it was just a real good effort play. Um, Andy took off on the over out, and I had to chase it across the field. You know, he's a real fast guy, so I had to get on my horse and just made a real effort play. Uh, Kyler tried to hit a guy in front of me. And uh, I just made a good play on the ball. First interception of training camp? Uh, I, I had another one earlier in practice in one-on-ones today, uh, if that counts. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, my first in a team period, second in, in camp overall. So you played in, in a big-time conference. Obviously, you went against a lot of the top receivers that were drafted in the first couple rounds. I mean, first of all, speed of the game, how much different is it now that you've been in camp for at least seven days when they put the pads on today? Uh, it's a it's a bit different. The uh, the receivers at this level are, are a lot smarter because they're older guys have been doing this for uh, a long time. So it's it's really a great opportunity for me to um you know speak with the receivers on the team and and you know get some insight on what they see out of me and like how I can I can change my game to be a better cornerback and because they've they've gone against against the some of the best guys in the league. So I could pick up a lot of great pointers on them to um, make my game better. So I, I really I really like that. How much have you been able to pick up from guys like Malcolm Butler and, and Robert Alford? And even though he's been in the league only a couple of years, he, he has a big upside. And Byron Murphy, they bring in Denard and Morley. How, how much are you able to tap into their knowledge? Uh, I, I, I speak to them a, a great amount. Um, I get a lot of knowledge from those guys because obviously they've been doing it longer than, than I have. Uh, so I, any chance I get, I try to get as much knowledge as possible because I want to be a, a smart player. And I want to get to the point that they're be able to play as many years as they have. Speaking of knowledge, Marco, how much are you gaining from the reps against uh, DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green? I remember during rookie minicamp you mentioned that you were excited to match up against the elites of the elite, and I saw you earlier today going up against Hopkins in team period. Have they offered any suggestions? Have you picked their brain at all? Yeah, I've actually talked to uh, Hop a great amount about things I could do to help my game. Um, He's he's also mentioned stuff like because uh, you know him and him and Jalen Ramsey go at it every year, so he's mentioned a lot of things that he does because he knows that's a, a great cornerback and things that I could do to um, put into my game to make make sure I elevate my game every day. So I'm very um, very appreciative that I have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins that I can learn from um, every day in practice. So it's just a blessing to be out here and be able to compete every day. How do you see your game stacking up as far as being one of those corners and active on game day? I know it's early in training camp and you'll get more action come preseason season but uh, being participant and being active on game day and being amongst those corners that are on the football field 
No, I feel like I, I, I belong. I belong here. Um, it's where I'm supposed to be. Um, and just every day I'm going to continue to grind and, and, and try to get better and elevate my game um, just so I can try to be the best I can be. Um, not really trying to compete with anybody outside other than myself. I just want to be the best, the best me I can be possible, and then the rest will speak for itself. One of the uh, intriguing things the Cardinals liked about you is your versatility. You can play inside and outside, and you know, depending on different packages. How much have you focused on special teams if you're going to be active on game day? Uh, I've focused on special teams a lot because I know. I mean, there's a lot of guys who who don't get many reps um, on offense or defense, and they play many years in the NFL. Um, that just, that's just a great opportunity to be, you know, get the experience of playing football and doing what you love, regardless of playing offense or defense. So I, I focus on a lot, and I've talked to uh, plenty of the guys who are really big on special teams here, and how I can make sure that I'm doing everything right in the special team drills, and, and how I can elevate my game on special teams as well. So because I know I know special teams is super important. How much special teams did you play at Florida? Because you were a starter day one once you showed up on campus as a true freshman. So were you involved in a lot of special teams? Uh, my freshman year, uh, a little bit, but after that, I, I barely played special teams. But it wasn't it, it wasn't something that it, like I I wasn't opposed to. It was just, it was the coach's decision just not to put me on there. But in practice, I was always doing the special team drills, just always staying focused on those things, just in case they did need me on there. And then coming into the NFL, of course, I I, I knew that it would be a big factor that I would have to play. So uh, it was good that in college I was always um, focused in and tuned in on those on the special team drills and and assignments. So it, when I came here, it was it was just natural to be able to know what I'm doing on certain uh, special teams. It looks like they've got you working as a gunner on punt team. It's, how difficult is that, you know, trying to run full speed, but you got a guy or two in front of you trying to trying to keep you from going getting downfield? Uh, it's, 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 it's kind of tough at times. Um, definitely more tough now in the NFL because now these, these guys are here fighting for a job, so it's life or death for these guys, so it's it's really it's it's a lot harder. Um, but it's great work. It's great work to go against, you know. Um, and I'm just I'm just happy to be able to have the opportunity to have have great competition every day in practice. You know, you guys are well coaching the secondary with Greg Williams and, and Marcus Robertson. What, what about your eyes? How important are your eyes? Do you ever peek at the quarterback? What are you learning there when it comes to the nuances of just trying to pick up the defense? Uh, the eyes are probably the most important um, thing as a, a defensive back. It's more important than your feet and hands and everything. Your eyes are always probably the most important. Um, and you just got to know know where your eyes are at all, all times. There's certain coverages where your eyes can – you can peek at the quarterback, and there's also some coverages where your eyes shouldn't be peeking at the coverage at the, uh, at the quarterback. So you just got to know when the, when the right and the wrong time is to be, you know, having vision on the QB and just make sure you're, you're locking your eyes up on the, um, on the right assignment. Well, next week, you know, game planning for the Dallas Cowboys. What is it going to be like just playing against an NFL team where you guys have been grinding over the last couple of months against your own team, and then you got the Chiefs and, and the Saints, and I'm assuming you're going to play a lot. What's it going to be like for you just being in an NFL preseason game? Oh, it's going to be super exciting. Um, just it's going to be a great opportunity to show what I got, um, show that I belong here in the NFL. Marco Wilson joining us here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report fourth-round draft pick. And going into the scouting combine, Marco, there were a lot of people that kind of looked at you and then you always try to find that comp. And one of the comps was Robert Alford, who's now your teammates. Do you see some of your game and what Alford does on the football field? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I haven't really, I don't usually compare myself to other players. I like to think of myself as my own player. 
Um, but I, I haven't really, I haven't really looked at that aspect yet. No. Yeah, uh, Alford is certainly a very physical wide, res- uh, excuse me, a w- very physical cornerback, and uh, certainly look to s- see the same thing out of you as well. Your brother, Quincy, mm-hmm. how much has he told you about the game? What to expect? Uh, he's, you know, we don't have the Giants on the schedule this season, but uh, being the uh, younger brother, if you will, as far as maybe looking up to older brother and trying to get to some hints on what to expect. Uh, he's, he's giving me a lot of um, great tips and knowledge, and I'm very, I mean, I'm, I'm in a great uh, situation to be able to have an older brother who's uh, been where I've been and been in my shoes. So everything that I'm seeing right now and everything I'm experiencing on and off the field is, it doesn't seem too new to me because I've, I've heard everything I've heard from him and his experience, and I, I honestly know what to expect. So it's just great to have an older brother like that who can, you know, spill some knowledge on me like that. What's the biggest adjustment? Just this is your job now. This is your profession, and, and you want to be along in the league for a long time. What is it like to daily schedule for you? Uh, it's just you know you just got to come in every day prepared. Like you you can't have you can't have off days. You got to come in every day. Like this is they're literally paying you to do this now. Um, so you got to come in every day with the mindset of trying to attack the day and get better every day. Um, I feel like later on the biggest adjustment for me will probably be um, just the length of the season because you know I've never had to play. Uh, season as long as this so that's just something that I'm gonna have to um, be focused in on you normally when you have a rookie class that comes in you guys are kind of attached for the future what's it like is mingling with your teammates in that rookie class <laughs> uh, it's been going great I, I really like my rookie class uh, I feel like the guys that I, I mingle with the most probably Zayvon Collins and uh, Tate Gowan I, I love those guys those are those are my main mans now we were told a story by Tay during the draft press conference that uh, his position coach would always show Marco Wilson tape to him. Has that uh, been discussed and gone back and forth as uh, maybe, you know, showing him what to do out there on the football field? Yeah, he, he, we talked about that because uh, Coach Corey Bell was, was both of our coach. Um, and he would he would always show him examples. <laughs> he said he would he would get sick of hearing my name my name sometimes in his meeting room. And then now he's playing with me, so it's pretty funny. By the way, I caught Tay without his helmet on. Is his hair colored? Yeah, he, he dyed his hair. Okay, all right. <laughs> Is that something you you're gonna follow suit? Or maybe the entire draft class follow suit? <laughs> nah, nah. I think that's just that's just Tay's thing. Okay. No. Well, what do you do? Uh, you know, when to kind of get your mind free of football I, I you know i know it's it's the number one focus but to to kind of give your mind a little bit of a break when you're getting that physical break what do you kind of do or look to do uh as a hobby if you will uh i, I stream video games and i make youtube videos it's pretty much what i do youtube videos yeah, all right yeah plug yourself uh my youtube is just marco wilson three and then my twitch is three mw have you had your welcome to the nfl moment in training camp yet uh, there was a play where uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, caught a back shoulder fade. I mean, I guess you would say that one. It just because I had great coverage on him, and he just still made a a real good catch. So it's just just it's just crazy that you could be covering guys really good, and they still make catches like this. So I mean, that's just what I came here for. I came uh, to get great great competition and practice every day so I mean it's a it's a welcoming moment but it's, it's great work for me I don't know if frustration is a good word there but it, it's it's got to be to where I, I can't cover him any better than this and he's still going to make the throw and I think that's something you're going to see in the NFL during the season mm-hmm. yeah it, it definitely is something I got to be prepared for so I always got to be fighting at the point of attack by the way Marco just ask Robert or Malcolm Butler because uh, D-Hop does that to a lot of uh, corners <laughs> yeah yeah 
the rookies and, of course, the vets. <laughs> Marco, we appreciate uh, you giving us a couple of minutes, especially right after practice. Uh, best of luck this training camp. Looking forward to seeing you next week in preseason action. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Marco Wilson, Cardinals cornerback, will continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Takes the snap, fakes a handoff, rolls right. Lots of time got to fire him. deep down got the field. Him. AJ Green is open. He's got oh, it. The oh, line 40. Yeah. Running down the field to the 30. Nobody's going to catch AJ Green as the Bengals Woo. go 82 yards. The longest catch of Adriel <laughs> Jeremiah Green's spectacular NFL career. Yes, it's early, but. Boy, does A.J. Green look really, really good here at Cardinals training camp, powered by Cox, as we welcome back second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Kyle Vandenbosch, and sure, MJ, it's it's training camp. This was the first day of pads. We'll get to know more about the individual players as training camp continues in preseason, but I don't need to see any more of A.J. Green than I already have. He knows what needs to be done and he has certainly done it here with the Cardinals so far and he's turning heads here not only from the front office but obviously guys like DeAndre Hopkins he just recently turned 33 you know he had an injury in 2019 he played all 16 games last year three different quarterbacks and quite frankly a lot of those throws were not even on target so you know we'll wait and see but I, I like the fact that they got a guy that can you know 50-50 balls back shoulder fade um, comes back to the ball. I think he'd be a good, uh, you know, tutor for a guy like Keyshawn Johnson. But um, so far, so good. You just got to make sure you stay healthy. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to defer to Kyle here. When you have 1 and 1A one as wide receivers, and I think this is Kingsbury's probably top four since he's been hired here when you look at Rondell Moore and Kirk. When you have that 1 and 1A, one what does it do to a defense? It's You don't have an answer for it. Um, you know, you could see last year um, that even when DeAndre Hopkins is covered, he's not covered. And the same is true for A.J. Green when he's rolling. Um, so you really don't have an answer for it. I mean, I um, it, it's tough, honestly, to put your finger on who's going to be the biggest beneficiary of the A.J. Green addition. Um, it could be Hopkins. It could be, you know, the number three receiver. It could be number four. It could be the running game. Um, I guess the answer is it's the offense as a whole, um, you know, with so many potent weapons. And, um, you know, he's he's not like – it's not like a rookie that's showing up and doing this. He has the track record. You know what he's capable of. And he's showing those flashes of the dominant, you know, top fantasy wide receiver that he was, you know, a few years ago. And if if that's who he is this season for the Cardinals – um, you know, th- there is no answer. There's no answer for a defensive coordinator to say, okay, here's our game plan to limit this offense because um, if if that happens, if, if the old A.J. Green is back, it's not possible. It's interesting you bring up who is it going to benefit the most, and we all assume it's going to benefit Hop because it's going to take some of the attention off of him. But if you're going in as a defensive coaching staff you're like well we don't want hop to beat us regardless of what aj green is doing so now you've got those two keyed yeah and maybe it's someone else whether that's 
Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Chase Edmonds, James Conner. It's it's not the second guy. Maybe it is further down, the trickle down as far as maybe someone can surprise a team on a Sunday. Yeah, and it, it may just be the running game. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have to play, you know, your DBs deep and there will be opportunities um, with, a, with a soft box uh, for the running, ba- the running game to really get going this season. When we heard from A.J. Green last week in training camp, he was asked about Hopkins, that he had never played with a receiver of that type of caliber. Hopkins yesterday addressed in the media, asked the same question, what he thought about A.J. Green. To be honest, I probably haven't played with anybody of his caliber also. I know you guys probably going to take that and run with it. But um, I say that, you know, Larry obviously is a Hall of Famer. I got to play with him later in his career. Andre Johnson got to play with him later in his career. I feel like, you know, you should take this phrase also and run with it. Uh, but the reason I say that is because, you know, A.J. still got a lot in the tank. And other other two Hall of Famers that I played with, I would say, were on the end of their career. Taught me a lot, but um, I feel like A.J. is still in his prime. Now, M.J., if you stop that sound bite halfway through then yes you've got a headline but if you listen to hopkins explain three different times yes why he thinks green is better or he's playing with a better receiver with aj green on the field than a larry fitzgerald because well fitz was on the downside of his career and he feels that green is in his words still in his prime and, and he's shown it right here now you know again you got to get all these guys ready for for the season i don't know how much we're going to see cliff said they're still trying to decide what they're going to do in these three preseason games but yeah i mean uh it's night and day from what was a year ago and and the fact that you know he's a guy that can take the top off the defense i just figured he'd be a possession receiver you know good on the 50 50 balls he's got that long stride and we watched him today get around the dbs where if the ball's thrown, that it was an uncatchable ball. But normally, if you can get the timing down with the quarterback and the receiver, in that case, that would have been a touchdown. But he gets around those DBs because of his size, his lower torso, his his you know his quads and his legs. I mean, he's a tall drink of water out there. It is the six foot four frame of AJ Green that is really standing out in practice. We talked about it earlier. How much does the presence of AJ Green? benefits of DeAndre Hopkins. Well, let's hear from D-Hop himself on what might be open now more for him here in 2021. I think he'll help me out a lot. Obviously having someone who can go get any kind of ball, run any kind of route. He's tall, but he still can play underneath and go, um, you know, go in there with the linebacker. So for me, I think it'll help me out a lot. You can't just focus on me having someone like that. And he showed what he can do so far in camp. To me, I think he's at the peak of his career. The 11th season for A.J. Green, Kyle, and 10 seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals. But if you listen to Green, there is a smile that you can even see coming across the radio. He he seems like he's five, six years younger, coming to a new place, air-conditioned, training camp on grass this he feels like he's young or feels to me anyway that he's young as opposed to just turning 33 yeah having been a player that changed teams later in my career you do you get rejuvenated going to a new place Um, you have new opportunities and you know he's been a part of an organization that went through some tough years and you know that's you just kind of get stuck and for him to be here and get rejuvenated and be a part of potentially a high-powered offense with a lot of weapons, I'm sure he is excited. I'm sure he feels great, and um, he's looking to seize on this opportunity. 
It is going to be fascinating, MJ, just to see how you spread the ball around now with this offense. And it's on the shoulders of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyle Murray to figure out, you know, my first option's unavailable, then i got to go to reads two and three. And I do think A.J. Green is going to get his fair share of targets because everyone's going to be focused on the other side of the field and number 10. Yeah, and their base offense has been 11 personnel and then 12 personnel. Now they did have the number one 10 personnel offense, but I think if you're Cliff, I don't know if you can run it every time. We watched what happened in that first month of the season when both him and Kyler were going through some trials and tribulations, but he literally can roll out four guys, but now you look at that, okay, is A.J. Green drawing the second or third corner? Are they getting over-the-top safety help? So, I mean, to me, it's a great luxury, and, and I couldn't agree more with Kyle when it comes to the, the, the running game is going to set up the passing game, the play action, and I think they got a really good one-two punch with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. I really like the way Jonathan Ward looks. He's probably going to be more of a special teams player wearing number 29, so I kind of like where they're at. Now it's just a matter of all coming together and, you know, don't get too cute here. Whatever works, roll with it during the season. A couple of notes on the wide receiver position. Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson out of COVID-19 protocols. They've been back at practice the past couple of days. Christian Kirk, however, has missed the past two days of practice. According to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, it's a minor injury. Would not get into any more specifics, but did expect Kirk to be back sooner rather than later so that's good to hear also guard brian winters is expected to miss a couple of weeks of practice with an injury once again kingsbury did not offer up any details subscribe to arizona cardinals podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, stitcher and soundcloud listen to your favorite shows on the go like cardinals underground the big red rage and of course this show the cardinals red sea report visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information on the other side defense al vandenbosch's specialty we'll talk about the linebacker position next here on the arizona cardinals radio network with the 16th pick the arizona cardinals select zavin collins linebacker tulsa better handle number 23, Zayvon Collins. That dude's an animal. 6'3", yeah. linebacker, one of the best linebackers in all of college football. What I liked about him was everything. Size, uh, football acumen, instincts, coverability. Uh, this guy's got rare and unusual movement skills for a guy who's only 6'5", 265 pounds. I only dreamed of Arizona and, and being in that organization with that community, with everything there. It was something that I dreamed of, and uh, we accomplished that so far, so good with Zayvon Collins as the Mike linebacker, the quarterback of the defense. And, yes, he is being thrown into the fire. And we are seeing it here at Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. The Cardinals invite fans to watch select camp practices here at State Farm Stadium. Admission parking free. However, digital tickets will be required for stadium entry. For a complete schedule of open practices and to secure your tickets, go to azcardinals.com slash camptics. That's azcardinals.com slash camptix. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, the middle linebacker position may be the most talked about and most scrutinized position offseason and now training camp and into the preseason because we've got Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons manning those two inside linebacker spots, two very young unproven players and yes you do still have Jordan Hicks on the roster good to hear from him on Saturday he's not happy with the situation but he is doing everything right and 
as we've discussed on Cardinals Cover 2, MJ, he is the first guy in those linebacker drills. And more importantly, Hicks is taking Zayvon Collins under his wing. And we got a chance to see, um, you know, during the open portion when the fans were here, you had Chandler Jones lined up on the outside. You had Isaiah Simmons on the other side, and you had Hicks and Collins. Now, Kyle, you know, we talk about, you know, competition, and, and clearly the Cardinals felt like what happened late in the year, they needed to address that inside linebacker spot. So what is he facing where he's got to get everyone lined up? Now you've got J.J. Watt. You, you obviously have Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden, and then you got Boot in the secondary. How difficult is that going to be to make those calls, even though he's done it the entire offseason? Yeah, I think it'll be difficult. Um, this defense specifically, um, you know, I played in a 4-3. Everybody was pretty much in the same alignment um, every play. But, you know, when you watch this defense and, you know, when you watch it at training camp and even going back to last year, um, it got creative, especially late in the season with some of the looks, um, with showing blitz and dropping out, with sometimes sending everybody and sometimes having everybody drop into coverage. And um, it's it's a lot on the plate of, of a young player. Um but, um, you know, his resume speaks well for him being able to handle it. He's, he's a bright kid. Um, he, I believe he was a valedictorian. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they're doing everything they can to get him up to speed. Um, you know, I think Zayvon Collins, um, one of the things that stands out about him is his confidence. Um, his, um, you know, he, he definitely talks the part, and he, you could hear it. Um, the day he was drafted, the interviews the day after he was drafted about how excited he was, how eager he was to to get going, to learn this system, to step into this defense, and to be a playmaker. Commanding the huddle as a rookie, and you're looking out and you're seeing J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, Buda Baker. Now all of a sudden it's one thing to get the call in from Vance Joseph on the sideline. Now you got to tell guys that are 10, 12 years as far as in this league and making sure that they, one, listen and two, understand what you're trying to get across. Yeah, I couldn't have done it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I even talked to anybody for like the first two months of my rookie year. Um, but he's different. He's different. And you could see it's the way he carries himself. Um, it's his presence. It's his presence on the field. And I'm sure he brings that to the huddle. And, you know, that's what veterans look for. They look for, um, you know, how do you carry yourself? Um, are you sure about what you're doing? And, and you know, I, I'm, I have all the confidence in the world that he's going to be able to get it done. You may didn't talk to anybody for the first two months, but you were you're very physical in training camp. You set the tone up in Flagstaff. Yeah, we we were talking about it off the air. Um, I think it was the first or second practice. Me and Leonard Davis got into a fight. So, um, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I was more of a let my actions speak first, and then and then my voice came along later. Well, it's you know it's better to be seen rather than heard, and I think yeah. you proved that uh, very well. Yeah, it's like prison. You find the biggest dude on the team. <laughs> you sound like Wolfie now. <laughs> fight him on day one, and then you got that instant credibility. First day of pads here at Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. No fisticuffs here in training camp, but it is getting more physical, and you like to see that with respects to those linebackers. And now paying attention to what this offense is doing on a play-in, play-out basis, Kyle, and what that is going to help these young linebackers because it's not what you would call a quote-unquote traditional offense. Right, yeah. And, you know, that's what will be interesting is you – 
you get to this point in training camp and you start to figure out, okay, this is what our offense does. This is how our offense likes to do things. Um, it's, you know, we're getting real close and it's coming up, but we're getting real close to seeing how you do against another offense, how you match up against another offensive tackle, how you uh, match up against a receiver that runs different type of routes. And, you know, that will be the first big test coming up um, because you do. You just learn um, your teammates. You learn how to play, you know, practice best against them, how to play against their weaknesses. And um, so, you know, we also talk a little bit off the air about, you know, how much of a benefit it is to practice against other teams just because you get those other looks and you're going against another team and you're going against a different scheme. Um, and, you know, I think, like, it's it's difficult. I realize logistically it's difficult doing it here. Um, but it's it definitely has its benefits, and a lot of teams are utilizing that. Now, when you were in Tennessee, you, you had Albert Hainsworth, and he was really motivated, a good player. Do you see in the front seven, do you ever see Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt lining up on the same side where teams are going to try to slide protection? Yeah, and that's what we did. Uh, my first year in Tennessee, I was opposite Albert Hainsworth, and then our defensive line coach put us on the same side. Um, and, and what it did is we knew which way the center was going to slide. The center was going to come to Albert Hainsworth's side, and we would be able to dictate our games. We'd be able to dictate what type of protection we got from the offense. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's a guessing game. A lot of times it's film study trying to figure out, okay, how are they going to block this? How are they going to try to protect the quarterback? Um, but when you put you know, two of the best pass rushers in the last decade on the same side of the defensive line, you know how they're going to block it. And so you kind of set everything up off of that. So, you know, I can, it definitely has its benefits. That's the voice of Kyle Vandenbosch. Gentlemen, how about we do this next week as well? Special thanks behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Kyle Vandenbosch, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. The Cardinals Red Sea Report right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it. He's in, touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.